start my reflection starting back at that week when Tom talked about the intentional hospitality. Um, so I'll do a quick summary of these last few weeks of sermons and then kind of my thoughts of tying them all together. And we'll finish with that other sheet of paper you have. Um, so on the start of the school year, Tom talked about the purpose of church. Um, he said the purpose of the church is to make disciples. There are obstacles to that, and the solution to the obstacles is in love. Um, he encouraged us to make a rule of life. That was that triangle worksheet you had that we had to kind of you know work in regular practices for looking up, leaning in, and reaching out. Um, and like I said, his challenge to us was to practice intentional hospitality. Uh, the next week was about our citizenship in heaven um, and how we're called to live differently because of that. Again, kind of talking back to those practices that we would weave into our regular lives. Um, and if we're walking with Jesus, our home is in heaven, but we're also called to live for our earthly home, care for others, and you know, care about the place we live. The next week we did um, one of the video lessons that was emotionally healthy relationships. Um, this is the temperature check questions that are kind of ways that we check in with people around us that kind of encourage real dialogue and solutions over um, escalating conflict. Um, and then last week, Tom talked about Philippians 4, 1 through 4, in which Paul asks the Philippians to help two women resolve a conflict between them. He calls them out specifically by name and asks them to deal with it and also asks the people to help them through it. And in that brief four verses, he also uses the phrase in the Lord several times. He says to stand firm in the Lord, to be of the same mind in the Lord, and to rejoice in the Lord. Um, and Tom talked about having right relationships with others affects the church, the world around us, and is an act of worship. Um, so when Tom was talking last week about the conflict between, well, I say it a couple times because they're real hard names, Euodia and Syntyche, he pointed out that it was likely not an issue of salvation, since Paul refers to them as being in the book of life, but it seems to be some minor issue that rose to the level that Paul felt the need to address it, and that the Lord felt the need to preserve in a letter that was passed on to the church for the rest of time, um, which I think does say something about how we as a community are supposed to resolve conflict. Um, so if anyone hasn't experienced church conflict, um, it is a deep and unique pain that comes from it. Um, I think when we experience conflict at work, we're able to distance ourselves because we leave it, or maybe the person that, with the conflict leaves, or at least you can shut it down at the end of the day. Um, conflict at home is hard, but you have a lot of empathy for the people you live with, and I think you, know, you understand it differently. Um, conflict at church often gets really personal for people. Um, even if it's over something small, I think because conflict at church kind of gets at the core of what we believe is real and how we experience the world. Um, so I grew up in a ministry family, and my dad specifically um, ministered to hurting churches. Um, I've been to past churches where the pastor was arrested, where they stole money, um, had affairs. I've been at churches that were extremely hostile to homeless people. Um, but my dad always tells us the most uncomfortable negative church experience he had, and this is not a church in Connecticut, for those of you who know where I've been and are trying to guess this, um, was one that he went to when I was fairly young. Um, it was a church that he went to as a you know, newcomer, didn't say you know, he was a pastor, didn't say anything, he just went as an attendee, 
and he said it was just the weirdest vibe. He felt totally unwelcome. He, everyone felt uncomfortable. Um, and then he later found out through some connections that um, the church had shortly after that split in two. Um, this was a church in a gorgeous old historical building. Um, it had been in the community for a very long time. Um, they had recently restored the building. Um, and the artist doing the restoration of the stained glass had given Adam a belly button, and he hadn't previously had a belly button, and that was the factions that split the church. <laughs> and if anyone's not familiar with this particular niche Christian conflict, it's about whether Adam not being born would have a belly button. Um, so, um, obviously that church being so hostile to outsiders and splitting in two wasn't fulfilling their mission in being the church um, over something that I think, you know, all of us at a distance feel is probably something more of the level of fighting that Euodia and Syntyche had. So I think, you know, it's not that, you know, people are fighting over whether the Bible's true or not that divides Christians and really prevents us from fulfilling our mission as the church, um, but really these little things that can, <laughs> can get in the way pretty quick. Um, so I think, that, I think that this is like exactly why Paul specifically addresses the fight between these two women in this and why that's part of the letter handed down to us. Um, so I think anyone who's worked with children knows that it's not really effective to just say don't do something. Um, so you usually want to have positive statements of how you're supposed to interact with each other and you know, rather than don't have conflict or don't do this. There are steps that we should be taking. Um, and of course, like I was saying before, if our identity is citizens of heaven, I think that there are ways that we should be interacting with each other as positive statements. Um, so when I was in school, I signed up for a technical communications class. I admit that it was for international students <laughs> um, and learning just you know business norms in America. So it was, not the lesson I thought I was going to get, but it was a good lesson <laughs> nonetheless. Um, you know, it was a lot of when do you shake hands? How do you answer? How are you? Um, but also I think, you know, noticing those things that I've done my whole life was helpful to me just to kind of pay attention to what the norms are. Um, so even if you've grown up in the church, thinking about, thinking proactively about the ways that we're supposed to interact with each other, I think can be a helpful exercise. Um, so what are our norms as citizens of heaven? Um, so Tom mentioned it briefly last week, and I just wanted to go a little more in depth on it today. Um, there's a whole set of verses, it's like 50-something in the New Testament alone, that are called the one another's. They teach us the ways that we're supposed to interact with one another. Um, and these are specifically within the church, within the body of Christ. Um, so above and beyond not being in conflict with each other, these are the things we are supposed to do when we're with each other. Um, so at the end of the sermon about the purpose of the church, Tom challenges Dahl to work on a rule of life. Again, the little triangle thing. Um, when I was reflecting on mine, I realized I'm pretty good at the look up section of that. You know, there's apps and books and everything for how to read your Bible, how to pray, how to do all the look up sections of it. Um, I didn't really have that many things in the lean in <laughs> section. So I think these are some of the kind of things that you might want to fill in there if you're like me, and had that side of your triangle pretty empty. Um, so that is the white sheet you guys all have. In a minute, we're going to pause and read them and have some discussion questions. 
Um, and then maybe you take it home, you put it next to the triangle on your fridge, um, or next time we do something like that, you think about that and fill in.